So I hope that the new year is off to a very good start for each of you. Our weather is so strange for this time of year, isn't it? It's up and it's down, it's hot and it's cold, and we got this little thing going on over at FedEx Field today that nobody really cares about, I know, right? <laughs> but now this morning, our, our focus is on baptism. Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River as depicted on that, that banner behind me, but also our baptism into Jesus, into his death and resurrection. This is the theme each year on this first Sunday after the Epiphany, which we celebrated this past week. Epiphany. It's a word that means to manifest, to show forth. And that's exactly what is happening there in the waters of the Jordan River. Jesus is being manifested. He is being shown forth there as God's beloved Son. This is one of those instances recorded in Scripture where all three persons of the triune God are made known. The voice of God the Father that declares of Jesus, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And Jesus, clothed in the garb of human flesh and blood, standing in the waters of the Jordan, submitting himself to be baptized, not for his sake, but for ours, and the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form as a dove. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So today we begin our month-long focus of serving Jesus, living in community. 2016, we often abbreviate it being SJLC, 2016. So we are St. John's Lutheran Church. We often abbreviate our church name to just SJLC, right? But SJLC can also stand for serving Jesus, living in community. That is what we're all about in this season of Epiphany. We're going to build on what we did last year when we focused on that book by pastor and author Greg Finke, Joining Jesus on His Mission, as we explored what it means to follow Jesus into the mission fields of our daily lives. Where we live, where we work, where we go to school, wherever we may be, Jesus is out ahead of us in daily life in His mission field. So building on that, this year, we're going to focus on what it means to be a neighbor in the mission field. How to neighbor. What does that look like? What does that mean? Both locally, where we are here and now, but also globally in other parts of the world. And it all begins today with the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, who by his birth and baptism by his life of ministry, by his suffering and death and resurrection, he has manifested, he has shown forth, he has epiphanied, if I can coin a word there, he has epiphanied his, his life for the life of the world. And so the theme for the message today is neighbor to us all, because that is who Jesus is, neighbor to us all. 
May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. In the church year that began about a month ago with the season of Advent, and now through the year ahead, we are hearing many of our appointed gospel lessons that will come from Luke's gospel. And it is Luke's narrative of the birth and life and the death and resurrection of Jesus that point us to a Savior who is passionate about and showing compassion for the least among us the marginalized, the alienated, the downtrodden. And the, in a nutshell, the whole theme of Luke's gospel can be found in the first couple of verses of Luke 15, which is a trilogy of parables, one, two, three, about what it means to be lost and what it means to be found. The parable of the lost sheep the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sons. We usually call it the prodigal son, but I think that's wrong, and I, that's a sermon for another time, though. So anyway, those first verses in Luke 15 read like this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners, and he eats with them. And that's it right there. That is the theme of Luke's gospel. Jesus receives sinners, and he eats with them. Sinners like you and me. And because Jesus has come into the world, into our lives, to receive sinners, to eat with them, we are now blessed to eat with him whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper. He invites us to his table to eat and drink of the gifts he gives in his body and blood. And so beginning with his baptism in the Jordan River, Jesus began to show forth to manifest God's love for all people, but especially people that everybody else had pretty much written off. People like those hated tax collectors, people like prostitutes, people like whoever, people that nobody else cared about. Jesus came to be neighbor to them all, to be savior for them all. In Luke's gospel, before critical milestones in Jesus' earthly life and ministry, he spends time in prayer, beginning with his baptism. We heard that in the gospel lesson. And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form as a dove. So also before calling the 12 apostles, Jesus went to the mountain to pray and all night continued in prayer to God. Before his transfiguration, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up the mountain to pray 
And as he was praying, the appearance of his face altered and his clothing became dazzling white. Before his own betrayal and his suffering and death, Jesus entered into a time of intense, agonizing prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And being in an agony, we are told he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Only Luke records that detail. Jesus' epiphany, his being shown forth and manifested to the world as the light of the world would culminate in his death upon the cross where Jesus would pray for the very people who were executing him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And commending himself into the Father's hands, into your hands I commit my spirit. So you see, Jesus' entire life, his entire ministry was one of constant, unceasing prayer. And in seeking the Father's face always in prayer, but especially before these, these critical moments, Jesus manifested this close, intimate relationship of obedient love to the Father. Now we who are baptized into Christ Jesus, who are sealed by the Holy Spirit, we who are marked with the cross of Christ forever, Paul tells us in that epistle lesson for today, we are to walk in newness of life. We have been given new life through all that Jesus has done and being joined to him through the waters of baptism, we are to show that forth, to manifest that in how we live. We must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And this is why we must again and again and again go back to what God has done for us in baptism. Because it is there that we have been given a new identity, a new purpose, a new life in Jesus. As I mentioned in the children's message, I say it again now, Jesus was not baptized as we are for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the sinless Son of God. He had no need to be forgiven of sins because he had none for which to be forgiven. But Jesus' baptism did set him on a journey. And that journey would take him ultimately to death on the cross for you and for me as payment for all of our sins. And ultimately that journey would lead to resurrection on Easter morning. Our baptism sets us on a journey as well. We don't always know where this is going to lead us. What's going to be up ahead around the curve? What's happening tomorrow or next week or, or next year? Will there be joy or sorrow? Will there be laughter or tears? Will there be pain or suffering? 
Will we be swallowed up and overwhelmed by life's events, feel like we're going down and we're, we're drowning? Or as we walk through tribulations and trials in life, like we are being consumed by the fires of adversity? Life can be that way at times. And in those times, hear what the word of the Lord has to say from that Old Testament lesson for today. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Jesus who loves us, who gave himself for us, now invites us to join him on his mission. He invites us to commend ourselves, our, our time, our possessions into his hands so that he might use us to be his hands and his feet and his mouth to bless other people, our neighbor. God invites us to see Christ in our neighbor, here at home, locally, but also globally around the world. And as Jesus clearly teaches, whoever is in need, that person is my neighbor. That neighbor may not look like me, may not talk like me, may not dress like me, but if they're in need, that person is my neighbor. And Jesus teaches that in giving aid and giving help to that neighbor, we are in a mysterious and holy way ministering to Jesus himself. Conversely, Jesus also makes clear that when we withhold, when we refuse help to our neighbor in need, we are failing to see Christ's face in the face of our neighbor. These are actions which have eternal consequences. So we dare not make excuses. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now, today is the day of salvation. In the weeks ahead, we will be hearing more about opportunities that we have through our congregation and other means to serve our neighbors in Jesus' name, locally and globally. This is Serving Jesus, Living in Community 2016, claimed by Christ in baptism, baptized into his death and resurrection. May the Lord bless the journey ahead for each one of us. To him be the glory and praise forever. Amen.